the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plain talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker. I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his directions. Bernie it's Sunday, 4 o'clock. And what does that mean? It means it's the best hour in radio of the week. It is the victory hour. And each week, we talk politics, Israel, and the law, and this week is no different. Uh, We are honored, and we have a very special guest that we are honored to have on the Victory Hour, and uh, that is Mr. Boris Epstein. Boris, uh, uh, as you may know, uh, was part of the team that helped elect President Trump in 2016, was a surrogate for Trump. Uh, and uh, has significant insights into uh, the Donald Trump election of 2016, uh, his administration thereafter, and has a keen understanding of politics here in the United States today and how it looks with Joe Biden compared to a, a Trump administration. And we are going to uh, talk to Mr. Epstein soon, very soon. And But in the meantime, I want to raise what we have been talking about, what you've been seeing uh, over the last several weeks, and that is conflict. Conflict in the Middle East. Not peace in the Middle East, as President Trump brought not change in the Middle East, uh, to shake things up, to deliver peace, Uh, change such as recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, change such as moving the embassy uh, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, something that every president, Republican and Democrat, prior to Donald J. Trump for the previous 40, 50 years had promised and never did. Uh, no, uh, but, but more than that, recognizing the Golan Heights, uh, cutting off pay for slay or uh, slay for pay money that was being provided to the PLO for killing Jews, which, by the way, was restored recently by Joe Biden. No, it's the kind of change that shook things up to pave the way for peace. Well, 
That doesn't exist now. And is it coincidental that Joe Biden takes office in just a few weeks later? Uh, Just a few months later. Uh, There are rockets flying in the Middle East, in uh, Israel, killing Jews, killing Israelis. Not in defense of anything, but to attack and destroy the Jewish state of Israel. One party attacks, they start the fire with rockets. The other defends itself in the only way that it can. One party attacks indiscriminately, in fact, intentionally to inflict the most harm and to increase terror in the population as possible. The other knocks first, calls, tells civilians to clear the area. One party hides behind children and the elderly and the infirm as human shields, puts them out front to increase the number of innocent casualties. The other rushes to bomb shelters in the only way to protect itself from the indiscriminate bombing. One party teaches hate in its schools and on air in the media, throughout its population. Hate toward the other. Hate toward its neighbor. Hate toward Jews, not just Israelis, all Jews. The other has a legal system, a Supreme Court, that requires, that demands ethical judgment for all of its citizens. Arab and Israeli, or or, uh, Arab and Jewish Israeli citizen alike. And the rule of law applies. You do not respond to a judicial judicial decision related to a real estate dispute by launching rockets. And of course, it is not the Arabs, the Muslims who are being prevented from free and open prayer and have been for decades open to pray on the Temple Mount and elsewhere in Israel. It is not them who are being prevented from praying wherever they like in terms of their holy sites. It is the Jews who are being prevented from going up on the Temple Mount their holiest of sites. And it is the Jews who are being attacked with rocks and other debris being thrown down from the top of the Temple Mount to where they are praying uh, down below. One party teaches hate, the other teaches love and a way of living side by side. To compare the two in the manner in which Ilhan Omar has is despicable. 
It, it really is nothing short of despicable. And what is worse are those in society, not just here in the United States, but across the world, who give cover to that despicable rhetoric. And I'm talking about Western Europe in particular. But I'm also talking about right here at home. Within the Jewish community, the liberal left Jewish community, who gives cover to this, who gives cover to a Barack Obama who had the worst, most harmful policies toward the Middle East and the Arab-Israeli conflict of any president during our lifetime. I would, I would venture to, to, to guess. Worse than even Jimmy Carter while he was in office. And that's pretty bad. But the liberal Jewish community gave cover for that. And other liberal policymakers gave cover for that. At least Ilhan Omar, Omar is out in the open and honest about her views, which are anti-Semitic and despicable. But she speaks of her genuine views. What does the Democratic Party do with that? They don't do what the Republican Party did with Steve King. Throw him out of the party effectively. Remove him from his chairmanship. No, they don't do that. But Donald Trump's party did that. You know, is it his party? That's a big question now. I don't want to overstate it. But the fact of the matter is, when he was in office, that is what happened. And that is not happening with the liberals on the left. No, it isn't. In fact, the opposite is happening. These figures like Ilhan Omar are being lifted up. They are being supported by what at one time were known as mainstream Democrats. They are now being supported on the fringe. She was supported by Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith in the face of Anton Melton Mukes, who ran against her as a much more moderate centrist Democrat who had common sense and wasn't an anti-Semite. That's what's despicable. That's what allows what is happening in Israel to happen. Western Europe and the liberals here in this country giving cover for it. And until that ends, you're going to need another president like Donald J. Trump to get any peace. We're going to be right back with our special guest, Boris Epstein, right after this short break. Go to ParkerDK.com while we're away, but don't go too far. back it's the victory hour yes indeed and thank you all once again for joining got a lot of regulars we're going on five years john how about that five <laughs> years need a celebration yeah indeed indeed politics in israel and the law every sunday you know it live streaming coast to coast we do have listeners coast to coast as well, and I'll pick on today uh, the city of Chicago. A number of listeners in the city of Chicago. Uh, we say hello to all of them as well. We are honored to be joined today by a very special guest, Boris Epstein. 
joins us a uh, a Republican political strategist, uh, investment banker, uh, very good attorney, and all around rock on tour who knows quite a bit about politics and political strategy as he was a surrogate for Donald J. Trump, worked on the Trump campaign, the successful campaign of 2016, a senior advisor uh, to Trump during the campaign, and then thereafter uh, out and about on uh, the media market as it relates to uh, the Trump administration. Uh, Boris was born in uh, Moscow in the Soviet Union. He came to the United States in the early 90s. He graduated from Georgetown University's School of Foreign Service. And uh, as White House Assistant Director of Communications, uh, we are excited to have him with us. On the Victory Hour, Boris. Thanks you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's my honor. Thank you for having me. So, Boris, tell us a little bit about how it was to work for Donald Trump with Donald Trump first on the campaign and uh, then as a uh, surrogate in the administration. It was an absolute honor to work uh, for the president. Work for candidate Trump. And he's an unparalleled political talent, unparalleled communicator, and and but also somebody who is very supportive, very positive, and and really a consummate leader. It was it was a true honor to work for the president. And how did he treat you? I mean, you know, people say ah, oh, he's a bully, he's a bigot. He, you know, they, they use the word racist all the time. Uh, but but he's a uh, uh, a bully and and uh, uh, treats people uh, boorishly. Not even close. Not even close. The president treated me with utmost respect. The pre- president treated me extremely positively, and I've always, from the beginning of our relationships, all, relationship all the way, all the way to the current, I've got nothing but amazing things to say about about the president's treatment of me and uh, about how much of an honor true honor it is to 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 work for donald j trump and it was when he was a candidate it was in the white house it was again on the 20 campaign for me so you know i've gone through a a long journey right i was uh i was originally a supporter then a surrogate then i was senior advisor overseeing all the surrogates i was communications director for the inaugural which was an amazing experience. And then I was assistant communications director at the White House. And then after a stint at Sinclair Broadcast Group, came back to the campaign in the beginning of 2020 uh, to, to work for the president again. And, and it, it was every step of the way, I cannot say better things, more positive things about what a pleasure, an honor, and a one-in-some-lifetime experience it is to work for the president. You know, it would be interesting. I, I want to hear your your take as to your evolution. Uh, you uh, you had worked on the McCain Palin campaign uh, previously. What was it that drew you to Donald Trump, his message, his policies, his campaign back in the mid two thousand tens? 
a very interesting question. I think what drew me, to, you know, and I've, I've, as you mentioned, I've been in politics for a long time. I was on the McCain campaign. I was a surrogate for the Romney campaign. What truly drew me to Donald Trump is his honesty with the American people. Is his authenticity. Absolutely. You know, I say that a lot to people. You know, they call him a liar. and this. I said he's the most honest president we have ever had in our lifetime. Completely. There, there, there's Completely no question about it. Everybody talks out of this side of their mouth, the other side of their mouth. They're lying. They're not. You know, he is not. You may not like it, but he is honest. Exactly. He's honest. You know, he was on. He was, you know, he was direct with American people. Right. The, you know now the you know the the social media groups are trying to silence him et cetera but this is this is a president this is a human being who was always intent on being director of American people and he continues to do it to this day with the statements that he puts out put out one today on you know put out one in the last week several right on Arizona et cetera et cetera yep. et cetera on, on what's going on in Israel yep. again condemning Joe Biden's shortcomings and weakness on Israel yep. this is a president who is able to relate and be authentic with the American people, unlike any other president likely in the history of this country. You know, Ronald Reagan was strong, of course. You had Teddy Roosevelt. But but the level of relationship between this president and the American people, I would say, is is unparalleled. And and so, what was it that you, that that drew you to him? I mean, what, you know, in terms of his his policy, his idea, because it it really uh, turned this country. Uh, into a uh, it was a populist revolution. It, it was it was the the fact that the, the candidate Trump stood for the best of America, American manufacturing, American workers, fair trade deals. It stood stood with Israel, and he made these promises. And you know what I'm so proud of Andy is the fact that he kept these promises. Yeah, not a typical politician. Typical politicians have been promising for ages to move the U.S. Uh, the U.S. embassy to. Jerusalem for ages. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. But they kept not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. And it took President Trump to say, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do what I promised. And he did. And he truly, honestly did. And I'm so deeply proud to have been a part of that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, policy. you know, we've had uh, Joe Biden in office now, uh, what, 115 days, 120, something, something like that. And uh, how do you uh, compare what he has done and what he ballyhoos as, you know, wonderful uh, shifts and changes from the previous four years to, uh, you know, the Trump, uh, Trump policy uh, achievements? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's impossible to compare, right? You're looking at Joe Biden, on whose watch we've got a disaster in the Middle East, on whose watch we've got a disaster with gas prices, on whose watch we've got a disaster at the border. Yeah. This this is one of the worst, if not the worst, your know, first 15 days, your know, first 120 days of any presidency. I mean, it is terrible. It is weak. It is truly and honestly pathetic. And, so, and you haven't even mentioned inflation yet. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't even mentioned inflation. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, Joe Biden is, is at almost attempting to ruin the country, it seems like, in his first, you know, 200 days. It is 
it, it's scary is what it is, Andy. It's scary. And if you look at what the president did when he came into office and how hard he worked for the American people right away, how hard he worked to secure the American people right away, you know, the, the, the difference, the, uh, you know, the, the economy is just so unbelievably striking. Well, you know, you speak of uh, hard work. You you probably were around to see when meetings would occur or the work that President Trump uh, uh, was doing. Uh, you know, people say, ah, he's lazy, he played golf, you know, you know, those on the left. I mean, is is that what you witnessed? This was a lazy president? Uh, the, the deepest opposite of that. This is a president who worked nonstop, who works still nonstop. For the American people, this is a president who's committed to working, who's committed to the American people. You know, this isn't Joe Biden who's going to bed what at seven o'clock or whatever it is. President Trump was always working and continues to always be working for the American people. So that is absolute and utter nonsense that was thrown at him by the hateful left, the hateful media. But you know, that's what they do. We we know that. That's what that's what they resort to because they have nothing else to hit the president with. They literally come up with lies. All right, let's talk politics for a second. Just the political side of things. We'll come back to policy in the next segment. But politically, what it, what do you see for the Republican Party now going forward? You know, it's the big question people are asking. They're they're talking about the enormous, those that want to see a disaster within the Republican Party are talking about the enormous rift that has been created uh, by Donald Trump within the party. But who do you see as the leaders uh, coming out of uh, the last election on the Republican side? Donald Trump is the leader of this party. The MAGA movement is the beating heartbeat of this party that is continuing uh, and, and that is uninterrupted those who want to say well you know uh others are are important in this party's moving forward that is nonsense look at what happened with liz cheney she liz cheney tried to combat president trump tried to frankly stab the MAGA movement in the front and the back and that absolutely backfired on her and now she's no longer she's now no longer the uh, conference chair of the gop in the house so I am very confident in saying that President Trump absolutely remains the leader of this party. And do you uh, you think he's going to run for president again in 24? Well, you know, that's up to the president to decide. He's spoken on it a bit, but let's put it this way. I would love for the president, for President Trump to run again. I think if he does run again, he's going to be the far and away, far and away uh, favorite in the primary and in the general, especially now that we're seeing how horrible the alternative is, how scary the alternative is. Well, we're going to uh, talk on the other side of uh, this short break with Boris Epstein about a little bit about the House and the Senate, and then we're going to revert back to a few policy questions I have for Boris, including some discussion of what's happening uh, in the Middle East and who the power players are in that part of the world. We're talking with Boris Epstein, a surrogate for President Trump, a member of the Trump campaign, the successful one in 2016, as well as the Trump administration. Make sure to stay with us. And while we're away for this eh, just very short break, 
Go to ParkerDK.com and read fast because you're not going to have a lot of time. We'll be right back. That's enough. Put down the mic. We're back. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. And, uh, you know, every week you sit back and you you think about, all right, the Victory Hour. So what is our aim? Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. Indeed. Indeed. And we can learn a lot from that. Uh, we can learn about the fact that there is crisis and conflict, not just here at home, which there certainly is, uh, but also across the globe and, and, and in the Middle East, uh, in the Jewish state of Israel, for sure. Uh, but what ultimately occurs is every morning the sun rises and we need to stay focused on the fundamental, the inherent, immutable, unchangeable principles uh, that exist. It's not a living constitution with changing principles. There are bedrock principles that do not change, and we need to apply them in whatever policy we might be looking at. And that's what we're talking about with Boris Epstein, our special guest this week on the Victory Hour, and we're very lucky to have him on a uh, surrogate for President Donald J. Trump, working closely in the White House uh, for the administration, working to elect Donald J. Trump, and did so in a successful manner in 2016, uh, but uh, since then has stayed very active politically and uh, has some very strong and and solid opinions uh, about the direction of this country. Uh, Boris, let me ask you now, as we take a look at the close count in the House, uh, five, six-seat difference uh, that uh, that would need to flip in order to flip the House, and Kevin McCarthy would likely then become the Speaker of the House, retiring Nancy Pelosi from that slot, and the Senate 50-50. What do you see coming up in 2022? I think 2022 is going to be a big year for Republicans as long as we stay and we do not betray the MAGA movement. We've got to stay and be focused on manufacturing, stay and be focused on putting America first putting our allies like Israel first. We've got to continue combating China. As long as we continue and be honest and true to those America first policies, I think it's going to be a huge year for Republicans in the House and a very, very, very good year in the Senate as well. How do you think Republicans handle or deal with the, I don't know if it's growing any longer. There may We may be starting to see an ebb back from the flow that has been occurring in race relations here in the country. Uh, But how do the Republicans deal with the uh, race issue, the police issue, uh, in, in order that it builds the party as opposed to shrinking it? 
I think we as Republicans need to continue to underscore the fact that we are a party of big tent. We are the party of opportunity. And that, and that happened in 2020. If you look at the historic, historic progress made in terms of the African-American vote, the Hispanic vote, the Jewish vote in Florida, President Trump went from 30% of the Jewish vote in 16 to 42% in 2020. And as long as we continue underscoring our focus on opportunity, on success, and not on world culture, I think we will continue doing better and better with all sectors of American society. You know, and taking a look at the bench, if you will, for presidential candidates, setting aside Donald Trump for a minute, if he decides uh, not to run. And we have uh, our Republican bench, and we're looking down the bench and assessing. Uh, who do you think uh, sits uh, near the front of the line, and who do you think might, uh, might come out from the pack? I think it's too early to really talk about that. But like I said, I think I'm making myself pretty clear. I think if President Trump runs, he is about far away, uh, far and away the, the, the favorite. And I think he's likely to become the 47th president of the United States if he runs. And I would love to see him run for president. All right. What do you think, though, of Tim, you know, somebody like a Tim Scott or a, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis, who the president uh, strongly supported? All, all good, uh, good MAGA politicians. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, that's absolutely uh, that's absolutely right. You know, we have a lot of good MAGA, a lot, a lot of good MAGA politicians, but but like I said, this party right now, the MAGA movement, the President Trump is unquestionably the leader, and uh, and it, it it's it's his party, and you know, no matter if we really believe Joe Biden got eighty million votes in twenty twenty or not, but the fact of the matter right now is President Trump is the unquestionable leader of the MAGA movement and the Republican Party. And what are your thoughts about the president's uh, narrative, uh, you know, knowing uh, that I represent uh, my pillow, Mike Lindell's uh, company, in his lawsuit uh, against uh, Dominion voting systems, as well as defending my pillow in the lawsuit that Dominion brought against them. Uh, noting that, what are your thoughts about the uh, president's narrative that uh, the election was stolen. I think the president, especially if you talk about what happened in Arizona, as we're talking about what happened in uh, what happened in um, uh, you know Michigan and Georgia and Georgia, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a huge, overwhelming, overwhelming amount of election irregularity. And we'd like, I'd like to see the same audit that's happening in Arizona. would like to see that happen uh, in, in the states of Georgia, Pennsylvania, et cetera. And I think it's very important. All right. It, turning uh, our attention a bit overseas, and, uh, you know, we are uh, uh, both of the tribes, and we uh, are concerned about the Jewish state of Israel, a state that uh, supports, embraces the same fundamental values of those here in the United States, the same type of civil rights and humanitarian values as those here in the United States, that is the state of Israel. Uh, what are your thoughts about Joe Biden's response and handling 
of the Middle East crisis? Terrible. I mean, he's not handling it at all. There's no handling. Joe Biden is just middling around. He's allowing for anti-Jewish sentiment in America to get higher and higher. True supporter of the of the state of Israel. So I think that he's shown unbelievable weakness. But what else can we expect from a guy who can't get up, uh, you know, a, a flight of stairs? And then if it's Susan Rice and Ron Klain running this way, again, what can we expect from? from Democrats who are friendly with entities like J Street. This is not an Israel-friendly administration. And for for those Jews in America who went and voted for Joe Biden, well, look in the mirror. This is what you're getting. You had a president, President Trump, who stood with Israel, who stood against Iran, who took out Qasem Soleimani, who, as you mentioned in in, in the segment before I came on, who took away funds from the Palestinians, who supported Israel. What do you got now? A middling, a middling guy in Joe Biden who isn't isn't fully there, who's being puppeteered by another, you know, another cadre of Obama apparatchiks. That's what's happening. And are these folks really with Israel? Did the eight years of Obama not teach us anything? And I hope that that wave that we saw in Florida, sixteen to twenty, rising for President Trump, it's got to continue. Our brothers and sisters, the Jewish people in America, we have to see what's happening and have to see the Democrat Party for what it is. They have the, you know, I say this all the time. The Democrats and Republicans both have hate, you know, hate anti Semites. The difference is we kick ours out. The Democrats elect theirs to Congress. Rashida Tlaib, Alan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That's what they have. They have an anti-Semitic caucus in Congress. And then you still have... Jewish people all over this country in their, in their majority voting for Democrats. To me, it's actually unbelievably disappointing. And I hope that people see the words coming out of the Democrats. They see Andrew Yang apologizing for a pro-Israel state. They see how Democrats are trying to find a middle ground to not attack Hamas and the Palestinians too much for them bombing and sending rockets into Israeli cities. That is who today's Democrats are. They're anti-Israel and, frankly, too many of them are anti-Semitic. Well, it's it's a uh, it's a strong statement from uh, Boris Epstein uh, regarding uh, Democrats and the Jewish state of Israel. Uh, they will certainly dispute it. Uh, this is a hotly divided country, Democrats and Republicans. The issue of Israel has not been divided up until recently, somewhat. Uh, And we don't want it to be divided. We want Democrats and Republicans and all to come together in support of the moral, foundational values of the Jewish state of Israel. And uh, they need to do it before it's too late. Boris Epstein, thank you so much for joining us today on the Victory Hour. It's been an outstanding discussion with you. I've enjoyed it a great deal, and I hope we can have you on again. Andy, look forward to it. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you very much to Boris Epstein, surrogate for President Donald J. Trump during uh, the Trump administration, as well as uh, a big part of the Trump victorious campaign in 2016. We're going to take this uh, short break. We'll be right back. Make sure to stay with us. We're going to wrap it all up for uh, this week. But until then, go to ParkerDK.com. And again, don't go far. It's just going to be a few minutes.
back. You're listening to the Victory Hour. Every Sunday, as you know, Politics, Israel, and the Law at 4 o'clock with yours truly, and I very much appreciate you joining us each week as hopefully we bring a bit of a different perspective, uh, but often and hopefully a, uh, a bit more education to some of the critical issues of the day, and, and even if they're not one of the issues of the day, issues that you've been thinking about uh, over time. We try to talk about it if it relates to politics, Israel, and the law. And we're focused now, as we have been for a few weeks, uh, on Israel, the single and only Jewish state in the world, uh, the only place that Jews can truly call home. Uh, And going back the millennia, have called home. You know, it's important for us uh, to recognize that Jews were uh, removed, banished, oftentimes convert or die were the commandments or the commands by various countries. Only in Israel the Jewish state of Israel, are Jews able to defend themselves? And Israel, as we have talked about previously, what are we talking about in terms of the size of this country? It is approximately the size of New Jersey. You can fit nine countries of Israel into the single state of Minnesota, nine of them. That's how big of uh, the landmass that we're talking about, or how small, I should say. And that's it. That's all that Jews want, is that small piece of land. But no, not even that is allowed. And, and they have, for decades, made offer upon offer upon offer to live side by side with the Palestinians in peace. Do not allow this lying narrative, which now has been adopted by some Democrats who are in Congress in the United States of America. These lying narrative that this is occupied land or that this is in violation, the state of Israel is in violation of international law. Bunk. That is not true. And it is being written by some of the biggest media outlets in this country to make you believe it. And it simply is not true. And what about the latest round uh, war, if you will, where Hamas, a terrorist organization recognized by the West as a terrorist organization. Why? Because they indiscriminately and intentionally attempt to destroy the lives of peaceful civilians in the state of Israel, of kids, women, children, the elderly. Uh, 
And why did they start to launch these rockets? Well, the real reason is because they took advantage of the political realities in the world. And that is that liberal left viewpoints have softened up world opinion. And the Democratic Party, unfortunately, here in this country, to give cover to this type of conduct. So it's going to happen. And when Israel responds, the murderers, the terrorists, know that the world will push them back. So they don't destroy this evil once and for all. And I'm not talking about individual people. I'm talking about the leadership that would bring such terror onto a country. And so, when you hear this narrative, do not believe it. And what did they use as an excuse? Israel's court ruling that Jewish owners had valid title to certain properties in Jerusalem, in which Jews had lived prior to Jordan driving them out in the 1948 war and taking over their legally owned property, under the law owned property. The dispute that went to the Israeli Supreme Court determined in court that it was legally owned, not by the Palestinians who were there, who never had a right and nor legal title. It was under the laws of real estate, the legal dispute. You don't respond by launching rockets. The other trigger they're claiming was COVID-19 restrictions that prohibited Muslims from visiting the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem during Ramadan. And the Israelis had to put those restrictions in place, and they had the same and similar restrictions for other religious groups and gatherings. And when the restrictions were announced, by the way, the Jordanian Muslim Council overseeing the Islamic sites including the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. They are allowed to oversee that. The Israelis allow that, even though it's the Jordanian Muslim Council. Uh, when uh, When the restrictions were announced, this council, a Muslim council, said what while the, the move was painful, it was in line with legal fatwas and medical advice. Yet this was used as an excuse for throwing rocks on uh, worshipers down below, uh, for uh, doing worse to police that were trying to quell protests, for firing rockets indiscriminately, thousands of them, thousands, killing Jews in Israel proper, firing on Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, which just a few years ago was not possible. And Ilhan Omar comes out with a tweet, a statement that, well, the Israelis have the Iron Dome, so, you know, it's, it's disproportionate and it's unfair. They're all protected and they fire rockets back into Gaza and they're not protected, so they shouldn't be allowed to do that. That's, it's crazy talk. It's Hamas that is firing the rockets. If they wouldn't fire the rockets, there'd be no need for an Iron Dome. 
And there would be no need for any response from Israel. They're firing the rockets into Israeli population centers indiscriminately while they put their people in front to maximize casualties on their own side. This is who they're dealing with. Ilhan Omar, this is who she supports. Make up your own mind. Well, be with us next week. And throughout the entire month of June, we're going to have a number of wonderful guests and great shows. Politics, Israel, and the Law, 4 o'clock every Sunday. Until next Sunday, have a great week. For more information, go to ParkerDK.com. Until next time, he leaves you with these words from Winston Churchill. All the great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom. Justice. Honor, duty, mercy, and hope.